Hello and welcome to another episode of Pakistanomy. My name is Uzair Yunus and today I have another Uzair with me uh, joining for this conversation. Uh, joining me is Uzair Akil. He has over 15 years of experience in on the international debt market side. Um, and so I figured we'll have somebody like him join us for this conversation because obviously if you've been tuning into this podcast or reading the papers about Pakistan's economy, debt is a big issue. Does Pakistan need debt restructuring? Can it pay its debt? Is it going to default? What's the credit default swap on Pakistani euro bonds? Everyone's kind of become an expert on this lingo around debt that, you know, maybe even six months ago, uh, it was a very select group of people in the financial services industry who kind of followed and understood nitty gritty about what's going on in a market like Pakistan or just broadly around the global economy related to debt. So I figured today we have some, this conversation with, with Uzair primarily because he's been on the market side of this conversation. His team has raised billions of dollars in debt for emerging market borrowers, including stressed sovereigns like Ukraine, Egypt, and Argentina. So he kind of understands the issues and the problems, um, you know, both market side people uh, but also sovereign entities face um, in a debt crisis. And currently he's serving as managing partner of Nairang Capital, which is a private markets investor focused on emerging and frontier market. Uh, market. So Uzair, welcome to Pakistanomy. Always good to have another Uzair uh, on the show. Um, yeah, and thank, thank you, you for Uzair. taking out the time. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. So I want to begin with this fundamental question I've been, um, you know, grappling with and i think a lot of us have been dealing with um in the public domain which is what are pakistan's debt repayment obligations on the external side both in terms yeah. of near term and medium term and long term and of course there has been some level of confusion because people read one figure a certain way then they, it goes on social media the finance minister says something you're one of the experts tell us about what are the sure. obligations for the country in 2023 and how does the country find a way to pay all of these obligations? Yeah, um, look, it's an interesting question because uh, a lot of the information we need is not necessarily up to date in the public domain. So as we were discussing before the call started, um, the three sources of data everybody relies on are basically the state banks, uh, published economic data, the Ministry of Finances, uh, medium-term uh, debt strategy and policy statement, as well as the uh, um, periodic updates that they provide. And then most importantly, the uh, IMF talks as and when there's a review or, uh, uh, you know, an article four or something is published that uh, provides updates from the external perspective, which kind of ties in all of the different sources of information. So the most reliable information, in my view, uh, is probably the information we get out of the IMF. Um, because it's it provides a holistic view. And um, just based on that, the top line figure for external financing requirement is uh, for the fiscal year 23, just under $31 billion. That's as of the IMF data published last year in September. And that fiscal year ends in June. Reviews. June 2023 is when Pakistan's fiscal year. Correct. Year. Correct. So this is July to June 23. Um, the requirement is about $31 billion. Next year, next fiscal year, it'll rise to 37 and then it'll come down a little bit, but sort of stays in the 35 to $40 billion a year range for the foreseeable future. And by foreseeable future, I mean out to fiscal year 27, which is as far as the IMF has published so far. So for the year 2023, um, you know, again, 
the numbers fluctuate a lot, particularly with all the things that are going on with respect to the foreign exchange rate um, and also the additional government policies that are constantly being introduced, which have compressed imports um, and, and uh, you know, created some other short-term effects as well. The most up-to-date information that we've received from the Ministry of Finance was earlier this week, where they said that um, uh, in the negotiations with the IMF, currently the projection is $7 billion to the end of this fiscal year. We expect that it'll be reduced by $1 billion because we're continuing to crimp imports, which on the one hand will affect the current account deficit, but also on the other hand, uh, you know, increases or leaves some more money in your foreign reserves kitty. So on basis, billion you need basically $6 billion to the end of this fiscal year. Uh, see article additional statement where he said actually he thinks it's $5 billion. So, you know, take that as your reign, somewhere between five and seven billion with risk to the upside, because over the course of this fiscal year so far, that's the direction that revisions have gone. Um, in terms of how that'll be managed, I mean, uh, you know, fingers crossed, inshallah, inshallah, this IMF tranche comes through, that's 1.2 billion. But then on top of that, you have all of the commitments made by bilateral creditors and multilateral creditors since last year, which haven't really materialized because the IMF review has been stuck. Um, that amounts to something like, you know, somewhere between four and $6 billion coming from the likes of Saudi, UAE, uh, China, of course, um, Qatar, not necessarily new capital, but, uh, you know, finally agreeing to refinance some of the loans, uh, some uh, amend and extends, et cetera, et cetera. So that's interesting. On the Chinese side, we've already also heard the finance minister say that, you know, there's a $1.5 billion loan, 700 million, I think, or close to a yeah. billion has been received. Another 500 million, he said, um, is is in the works. The paperwork has been done, apparently, right? And the point you, yeah. you, you made on the, you know, on the imports compression side is super interesting because, you know, again, I try to explain this to the laborers and audience in terms of what's going on here. The perfect analogy for that is that in your house, the money is low. So you say, I will do a budget. How can I get out of my children from school? Or in your house, I will So the import compression technically sounds very okay, but it yeah. basically is leading to all sorts of supply chain issues across the economy, yeah. which are having a, you know, a disastrous impact on the broader macroeconomic picture in the country. Yeah, Uzair, I'd just like to pause and make two points here, right? The first is when the, I mean, it's very important that we have good data to work off. And unfortunately, a lot of the information we get is from offhand remarks made by uh, dignitaries or, you know, uh, officials. And Jesse, uh, 1.5 billion agree, that has been double counted, I feel, because now this $500 million tranche that he talks about, documentation, that's actually part of the same facility. And that was replacing an existing facility. So we need to be very careful about what's like new capital coming into the country and what's just basically being rolled over so, uh, or refined. So let's very cl uh, quickly clarify this because now I'm, I'm also a bit confused. And thank you for pointing this out. The 5 to $7 billion range that's there, that right. basically is new financing that the country needs. So no, not that. That actually includes rollovers as well. It includes yeah. rollovers. Okay. Yeah, because also, I mean, not just rollovers, but there's you know there's amortizations constantly in the long term multilateral financings that we have. 
तो those are like 2021 year financings and they constantly step down so there's a small principal repayment every year which is what's referred to as an amortization तो वो भी उसमें इंक्लूडेड है कुछ रोल ओवर्स ऑफ बायलैटरल फैसिलिटीज वो भी उसमें इंक्लूडेड है दैट्स द टोटल अमाउंट रिक्वायर्ड बट देन व्हेन वी टॉक अबाउट कि क्या अचीव हो चुका है एंड आई थिंक द द रीसेंट अनाउंसमेंट्स बाय चाइना आर अ सी चेंज बाय द वे यू नो कि द 1.5 प्लस द 700 बट इट्स इंपॉर्टेंट दैट दैट 1.5 एंड 700 इज इन रीसाइकल सो मेनी टाइम्स इन द साउंड बाइट्स दैट पीपल अज्यूम कि एक्चुअली वी आर मेकिंग मोर प्रोग्रेस देन वी एक्चुअली आर All right. Okay. That that thanks. Point. Thanks for that clarification. <laughs> and we'll get back to the good data point, right? Because that again, um, yeah, I think yeah. for you and for me and many others uh, who've been watching this uh, for a number of months now, at least I've been asking privately in private conversations. Can you share with me a table that at least gives me a month by month breakdown yeah. of how much you're going to be paying in amortization yeah. in interest uh, with rollovers coming in so that we have a time bound picture right a country that has about 3 to 4 billion dollars in reserves you can't say okay we have this obligation 6 months down the road because yeah. The, yeah. the issue yeah. is not going to be just solvency it's going to be liquidity in the yeah. near term and that table isn't there but we'll get to that the other That's question the other question yeah. was there that's been obviously going around tabadlab did a conversation with the former acting governor uh, and, and the former deputy governor of the state bank murtaza sayed was there mayin rahman was there khuram hussain was there musharraf was hosting that conversation um, which was this broader uh, debate on well do we need debt restructuring or not um, and that's been ongoing right murtaza sayed has been in the papers talking about yes that's the case um you gave the numbers about 35 billion or so roughly every fiscal year is the yeah. payment obligation quite a few people have been saying the prime minister met a team from rothschild uh, which are specialists on the debt restructuring side um absolutely what's your take as 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 somebody who's been on the market side and who's you know knee deep into this data and what pakistan's obligations are does pakistan yeah. need debt restructuring or not look i think um i have a strong view on whether we need restructuring right now um that's a very different statement on you know from whether we need restructuring over a certain period of time or whether we will ever need restructuring at the current point we don't need restructuring or rather we cannot restructure um and the reasons for that are simple you, you don't restructure at the height of a crisis unless you absolutely have to. the imf is providing a way out of this crisis and we must take that path however painful it is we must take that path for fear of ending up in a situation which is significantly worse um and once that crisis the immediate crisis is passed we can consider our best options um abhi jo hai jo subah mein jo headline aayi thi ki pakistani bonds jo 24 wale jo bond hai uski yield 106% ho gayi hai of course discard you know the 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 hyperbole in that but the fundamental point is the market is not receptive to emerging markets and particularly triple c rated emerging markets like pakistan is um you know raising large amounts of capital without having very clear plans on how they're going to repay it in my conversations with fund managers um you know many of whom i used to cover as clients previously many of whom i used to have daily conversations with um pakistan is gradually falling behind even its uh, peers in emerging markets in terms of its desirability as a venue for investment okay then ki hum aapko paisa bhi 1 rupya bhi denge to aap ye nahi bata sakte ki aap wapas kis tarah karenge is that robbing peter to pay paul kind of situation that we're in so we need to stop getting away from the core issue 
And that core issue is that we need to have a real plan which involves fiscal rationalization, increasing revenues, decreasing expenditures, going away from subsidies which are counterproductive to the medium-term uh, you know, prosperity of the country, and finding a real way out of this rather than just keeping the party going. Historically, Pakistan has gone through restructuring multiple times. Um, typically not on a large scale basis. Musharraf ke zamane mein last big one I remember. After exactly, that was the big one. Yeah, usse pehle bhi hoti rahi hai, do teen dafa hoye. Lekin, um, you know, I'd 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 love to hear anyone argue that that actually did us any kind of structural good, because the bad habits that we've fallen into is ke usse pehle ke uska koi fayda hai restructuring ka. Pehle hi subsidies, tariff reductions, distortions ko promote karne lagte hain log. अच्छा ये जो इस हफ्ते जो आर्टिकल आया था जिसमें डिस्कस कर रहे थे कि फाइनेंसिंग नीड सेवन बिलियन होंगी या सिक्स बिलियन होंगी वन ऑफ द हेडलाइन आइटम्स इन दैट वाज दैट द पीएम वुड लाइक टू इंट्रोड्यूस ए सब्सिडी फॉर मोटरसाइकिल राइडर्स फॉर पेट्रोल साथ के साथ ही वुड आल्सो लाइक टू इंट्रोड्यूस ए सब्सिडी फॉर वीट फॉर इस्लामाबाद तो ये जो है यू नो यू कांट बी ऑन द वन हैंड बेगिंग द आईएमएफ टू एक्सेप्ट योर प्रॉमिसेस दैट यू विल मेक चेंजेस and even before they've agreed start planning ki aap kis tarah se additional subsidies apply karenge so this is a, a a behavioral pattern that we need to break away from and until we do any benefits of restructuring will just be frittered away acha ek point mai aur kahunga ki restructuring jo hai generally speaking as well in emerging markets has not been uh, the panacea that people imagine that it is That's before you elaborate I, i'm sorry sure. to interrupt why it's not the panacea i can imagine a lot of people listening in who are like ye hoti kya hai process kya hai iska aur uska impact kya hota hai first before you go why it doesn't work and you explain like you need structural reforms which i understand a lot of the more yeah. sophisticated people who follow this uh, th- these patterns around the world understand it but help on the average citizen of pakistan who's now hearing a lot about debt in pakistan sure sure restructuring hoti kya hai हाँ इट्स इट्स गुड पॉइंट एंड इफ यू नॉट माइंड जस्ट बैक अप लिटिल बिट इवन मोर ये बहुत सारे लव्स जो हैं दे बीइंग थ्रोन आउट एट द मोमेंट एक तरफ डिफॉल्ट है दूसरी तरफ मोरेटोरियम है तीसरी तरफ रिस्ट्रक्चरिंग है चौथी तरफ रिप्रोफाइलिंग है और यू नो लिटरली ओवर द लास्ट सिक्स मंथ लॉट ऑफ ले पीपल है इलेबोरेट कॉमेंट्स ऑन दिस विदाउट नेसेसरली अंडरस्टैंडिंग द इम्प्लीकेशन ऑफ ऑल दिस इट्स इम्पोर्टेंट सेपरेट दम ऑल आउट अ डिफॉल्ट इज द न्यूक्लियर ऑप्शन अ डिफॉल्ट इज वेरी से मैं पैसे नहीं दे रहा कर लो जो करना and uh, that has immediate implications because aapki jo sari external credit lines and they immediately get pulled jis tarah sri lanka ke sath hua tha that means ki aapke paas na fuel hoga na bijli hogi medicines ko import karna mushkil hoga dale nahi aayengi dale nahi aayengi cooking oil kahan se aap layenge and that you know is uh, leads to political and social serious issues um that also means that the economy of course gets disrupted jisse aur aapka nuksan hota and finally it means that when you come out of the crisis you end up bearing higher borrowing costs sort of indefinitely aur ek aur cheez main add kar dungi kyunki log is pe bahut focus karte hain pakistan mein rightfully so because we have a lot of imports and imported inflation which is your exchange rate basically collapses oh, in the absolutely default absolutely abhi log bil bil aa rahe hain ki ji 50 faisad 70 faisad gira hai aapka rupee it will go to 500 in a heartbeat if we actually default and it will go beyond that in the future this is a very dangerous word to throw around and when i see politicians senior politicians saying ki mulk has already defaulted so this is a very very dangerous statement to be putting out there and people should really refrain from doing that acha default ki bhi multiple tarike hote hain 
क्योंकि अभी बहुत सारे यहाँ पे क्रेडिटर्स हैं आपके कुछ ऑफिशियल क्रेडिटर्स हैं कुछ प्राइवेट क्रेडिटर्स हैं कुछ बॉन्ड्स हैं तो कई इंस्ट्रूमेंट्स में आप सिलेक्टिव डिफॉल्ट कर सकते हैं कि आपने एक क्रेडिटर से डिफॉल्ट कर दिया लेकिन जो खतरा होता है वो ये होता है कि अक्सर इन फैसिलिटीज में आप क्रॉस डिफॉल्ट की प्रोविजन होती है तो आपने इस पे डिफॉल्ट किया वो जो बाकी सारी भी जो आपकी डेट फैसिलिटीज है वो भी डिफॉल्ट हो गई यानी कि आप कह रहे हैं कि यू नो मालिक मकान को रेंट नहीं दे रहा गाड़ी की पेमेंट कर देता हूँ और उनको पता लग गया कि इधर बिल पे डिफॉल्ट कर दिया मालिक मकान को नहीं दे रहा तो और अगर आप अभी ये जैसे रेको देख वाला जो मसला हुआ था और अभी जो ईरान की पाइपलाइन वाला जो मसला पैदा हो रहा है दीज आर ऑल एग्जांपल्स ऑफ अनइंटेंडेड कॉन्सिक्वेंसेस दैट कैन रियली जस्ट टेक द स्मॉल बेनिफिट यू गेन फ्रॉम डिफॉल्ट एंड टर्न इट इनटू अ मैसिव नेगेटिव अच्छा फिर आता है रिप्यूडिएशन और मोरेटोरियम रिप्यूडिएशन इज व्हेन यू सिंपली वॉक अवे फ्रॉम योर डेट यू यू नो नॉट ओनली डू यू नॉट पे योर डेट यू से कि दिस डेट नो लोंगर एग्जिस्ट्स I think that's really rare and that's something that's happened maybe a couple of times I think Cuba did it maybe Russia did it once as well banda market se bhag gaya basically ha and then you can imagine uske baad aapko koi nahi paisa dega kabhi bhi nahi dega um tisri hoti hai ji moratorium which is where you say ki ji we're going to pause payments until we have had a conversation with our creditors to say hamari ye situation hai hum is musibat mein phase hain aap hamari madad kare to जब ये करते हैं मोरटोरियम या रिप्यूडिएशन या डिफॉल्टीज्रक्चरिंग कॉन्वर्सेशन विच इज वेर यू सिट डाउन विद ऑल ऑफ यूर डिफरेंट क्रेडिटर्स इधर इंडिविजुअली या सब साथ बैठ जाते हैं कमरे में और सबकी अलग अलग इंटरेस्ट होती है बाई किसी भी किसी ने अपने फेसिलिटीज सिक्योर की हुई होती है आपकी प्रॉपर्टी पे किसी की अनसिक्योर्ड होती है फेसिलिटीज वगैरह वगैरह आपने कि आपको घर से बाहर निकाल दिए वो वाली सिचुएशन तो नहीं लिया जा सकता लेकिन छीन नहीं सकते लेकिन आप एग्जाम्पल लें कि जब अर्जेंटीना ने डिफॉल्ट किया था एंडर डिफॉल्ट और उसमें बड़ी मशहूर ये केस है कि उनकी एक शिप जो थी वो इंटरनेशनल वाटर्स में थी हेज फंड एलियट और एन एम एल जो हेज फंड है वो उस पर चढ़ गए कि जी ये अब हमारी हो गई है एंड यू कैन इमेजिन द काइंड ऑफ एम्बेसमेंट दैट कॉजेज एंड काइंड ऑफ यू नो इम्प्लीकेशन दैट कैन हैव इफ इट्स समथिंग ब्रिंगिंग यू एल एन जी और इफ इट्स यू नो ग्रीन और वट एवर इट इज तो डिफॉल्ट शुड वजीर आजम साहब पी आई ए के प्लेन में न्यूयॉर्क उतरे और उनका प्लेन ही रख लिया किसी ने कि जी ये तो नहीं जाने दे रहे आपको हो सकता है मजाक या बात होटल है रोजवेल्ट होटल पे हम कब्जा कर लिया आप क्या करेंगे पाकिस्तान की जबरदस्त एम्बेसी जो है नाइट ब्रिज में लंडन में 
it's worth 100 million pounds. What if they just take that over? Uh, these kinds of things can happen. And by the way, it's not just that they barge through the doors and take it over. They go to court, they file an appeal saying, ke, you know, uh, in, ke in assets, ko freeze kare, bank accounts, ko freeze kiya ja sakta. So, aapki jo foreign exchange, ko freeze kiya ja sakta. It's a very dangerous situation. Achha, jab restructuring hoti hai, to aam toor pe phir aap ke, uh, creditors ko present karte hai, ki ji, ye masla hai, this is how we got here. We recognize there's a problem. We need this kind of relief. When you say you need this kind of relief, you also need to provide a plan. And that plan says that we will steps lenge to rectify the situation. And on that basis, we will have a gap. So you will provide the relief of that gap. Creditors ultimately can be quite difficult about it, particularly in the current micro, uh, macro environment. So like the Ghana restructuring of the Ghana, they insisted that domestic creditors must also take a loss which ended up meaning that the restructuring process there took an extra six or eight months because they had to convince their local creditors, pension funds, banks, et cetera, et cetera, to take losses, which is of course very painful. Or um, ultimately out of that, there will be an agreement, KG, ye restructured securities will replace the existing securities. Typically, either there's a, there's a haircut where they say, okay, you owe us $100, but now we'll reduce that to 60. You just have to repay us 60 and you pay interest on the 60 as well. That servicing cost. Which is more common is that net present value loss creditors. You extend the debt to maturity and you reduce the debt stock is net present value or debt service the exact uh, you know, type of restructuring that happens depends on how flexible the creditors are, what the needs of the country are vis-a-vis debt servicing versus just reducing the debt stock, etc., etc. So, this is the biggest problem that comes to the biggest issue that creditors are in some of your multilateral banks, on the other hand, your countries, on the other hand, your private creditors, which are commercial banks, bondholders, and different objectives. The bondholders will always be pushing for the highest net present value and the highest uh, kind of return that they can achieve. The multilaterals will be looking to uh, kind of help you with your debt relief requirements, etc., etc. Sab ke alag alag objectives hota. To iske liye isko isko recognize karte hue ki ye masla pesh aane wala hai aur sab emerging markets ko pesh aayega. The G20 came about uh, came up with what's known as the common framework. So during COVID, they came up with something called the debt service suspension initiative the dssi we were one of the first countries to go for and it. for those who don't know g20 is the group of the largest 20 economies of the world right and you know uh, uh, kind of unofficially led by the us of course but you know bringing together the uk france japan etc etc or um uh, a common framework set up recognizing the fact that the biggest challenge is going to be achieving consensus so Nigai will just get all creditors in the room together under this framework and everyone will try to achieve the same sort of result. Uh, that'll be official creditors. And then private creditors, the borrowing country who's appealing for debt relief will have to try to achieve the same terms with private creditors as well. That framework has been, uh, I'm sorry to say, a complete failure. 
Um, several countries have applied for it, but to my knowledge, only Chad has actually managed to get debt relief out of it. Chad is and a I, country in Africa. Yeah, and yeah. I think Abhijab G20 ki finance ministers meeting India mein ho rahi thi, to even the Indians put out a statement seeking reforms to this. The Chinese and the yeah. US obviously yeah. have been at loggerheads over a lot of this issue as well. That's it. So it's, yeah. it's becoming geopolitical, but even yeah. countries like India at the G20 are saying, look, this clearly is not working. And even the Indians, to my knowledge and my research, have sort of been ratcheting uh, up the argument for reform because yeah. Nepal, Bhutan, Sri Lanka, Pakistan, Sri Lanka, in their neighborhood, yeah. a lot of countries in neighborhood, are yeah. having this problem as well. Uh, that's worth dwelling on for a moment. You raise a very good point. We're in, an, we're in a world where geopolitical tension is very high. And especially America and China have recently escalated that they can't do tech exports and you investments in restrictions into China. Achha, historically, the G20 and the Paris Club in particular, which is a smaller group of uh, major creditors, have been the main providers of capital to emerging markets. So this was one significant creditor block places like Africa in exchange for commodities, in exchange for infrastructure that they need. In uh, the Belt and Road Project, that's absolutely enormous. Pakistan is So these are enormous amounts of money that China has put out. And the U.S. has been... Yeah, go ahead. No, I was just going to say just on, on the shift that's happened, right? As, as you were pointing out, Pakistan is front and center to this shift. Because last time when debt restructuring was done, it was Paris Club. Pakistan yes. was an ally uh, to the United States in the war on terror. Correct. Things moved Absolutely. very quickly because you were considered a friend and a very important country for the uh, occupation right. and the war in Afghanistan. America is no longer there. They're quite upset. Um, and then, of course, in the interim, Pakistan has binged on Chinese debt through CPEC, That's right. Uh, where 30% yeah. of Pakistan's external debt is now Chinese. So Pakistan is basically the basket case of these shifts yeah. that have happened globally. If you want to yeah. understand yeah. Um, what all has happened in the last 20 years, you, all you need to do is look at Pakistan's debt profile and you'll get a sense of how things have That's shifted absolutely right. in the world. Uh, just Raftar said, the IMF to come, to be honest, most people would agree that the IMF could have wrapped things up much, much sooner, like at least two months earlier. And I always feel like they're trying to kind of paint Pakistan as a poster child for what happens when you rely on the Chinese too much, frankly speaking. So uh, you're absolutely right that that tension between China and the Paris Club creditors has been more and more prominent and that's kind of slowed things down. The Paris Club people have been saying that China needs to participate more in the restructurings. China, for whatever reason, has just stayed quiet until recently when they put out a very scathing statement saying that we are ready to do everything, but you properly participate in it. So interpretation was basically saying that the multilateral banks, World Bank, IMF, ADB, etc., they need to take losses. Um, the Paris Club says that losses can't be taken permanently higher borrowing rates it's quite complicated but I, I, this was why also I thought the recent disbursement of capital by China 1.5 billion and then the 700 million this is very significant because now China instead of sitting on the sidelines saying we'll keep the party going we'll provide enough capital to keep these countries afloat and they're calling the IMF's bluff to say that now actually we have to do what we have now, your job is that you do agreements and disbursements and bring more capital and bring more countries forward. So that's kind of what's happening. 
but that's sorry, awesome just, in terms of the you know i think that's a very good explainer so people kind of get the full picture right i think it was important to spend a, a few minutes on this now coming back to your point that we were at before the explainer why is this not a panacea if you go into this process like what does global evidence in your experience yeah show about this not being the end all be all for a country like pakistan so look pakistan is a country that has a fiscal deficit um and will have a fiscal deficit for the foreseeable future we will need to go back to these same creditors agar aap inse ja ke abhi kahenge ji restructuring kar dein aur hamara debt kaat dein aur phir 2 mahine baad unke paas wapas ja ke ji hame aur 5 billion dollars chahiye so it doesn't really solve your problem and it reduces your credibility this is not the time to go for restructuring this is the time to say theek hai ji we take responsibility for the situation we're in we are going to start enacting this reform agenda we will not undercut it we will stick to it and then as soon as the crisis eases and by the way if you look at the numbers from the ministry of finance and the imf fiscal year 23 is probably the toughest period this is the period when your current account deficit is at 4.7% this is the period when inflation is peaking etc etc iske baad jo hai agle saal se halat kuch behtar hona shuru karte hain to agar aap crisis ki height pe jaake karenge to you have the weakest possible negotiating position agar aap 6 mahine ruke saal ruke kuch apne reforms aur enact karke और खसूसी जो सबसे इम्पोर्टेंट बात है पॉलिटिकल स्टेबिलिटी के साथ आप उनसे जाके बात करें थी कि वी आर प्रिपेयर टू कमिट टू अ मीडियम टर्म प्लान एंड वी नीड योर हेल्प इन ऑर्डर टू रेड माय माइंड देयर वाज है क्योंकि आपने जब कहा कि ये साल सबसे मुश्किल है और आगे आसानी है दैट्स अज्यूमिंग पोलिटिकल स्टेबिलिटी इलेक्शन एंड अ कूलिंग डाउन ऑफ टेम्परेचर्स राइट सो लॉन्ग एज दैट डज नॉट हैपन um those that that's the big assumption here that people should remember and be aware of that yeah. um you know when i did the first season opener for this 3 months ago uh for 2023 that was the topic politics is going to dominate the economy this is why kyunki agar aapka showdown chalta rahega lahore mein elections hote hain nahi hote ladai jhagda wagaira wagaira um to ye jo reform agenda hai uski jo credibility hai is pe koi baat nahi karega kyunki abhi sab kuch padi hui hai but that's a different conversation we've had this many times on the podcast yeah. but the assumption being political stability is very important uh, you can go on yeah no i was just going to say mr ismail sahab ne bhi ye kehta rahe ke you need uh, these international creditors to have a credible counterparty to deal with isliye wo unka kehna ye tha ki unne snap and actions se ne call kiye the ke the imf would not have dealt with the caretaker government which i completely agree with so it's important that we have that political stability i love the phrase that you used you need to bring down the temperature क्योंकि आजकल जो जिस तरीके से एक दूसरे से बात की जा रही है यू नीड सम काइंड ऑफ यूनिटी यू नीड सम काइंड ऑफ कोऑपरेशन बिटवीन दी डिफरेंट पार्टीज टू गेट एनीवे सो दैट्स क्वाइट इंपॉर्टेंट या सो लेट्स यू नो हेल्प मी अंडरस्टैंड दिस पार्ट देन वन अगर डेट रीस्ट्रक्चरिंग प्रोसेस की तरफ पाकिस्तान जाता है ए दिस इज नॉट द राइट टाइम टू डू इट बट लेट्स अस्यूम that you know एंड आई आई मेक दिस अजम्पशन बिकॉज फॉर द लास्ट टू ईयर्स थ्री ईयर्स मे बी इवन लॉन्गर we've seen pakistani policy makers to sub sub optimal routes right in terms of managing the economy and the prospects of the yeah. people of pakistan so we'll work off the worst case scenario which is even though we agree ki abhi zarurat nahi hai wo us taraf chale jate hain iska near acha sorry yeah uh, main aapki baat kaatunga sorry main ek baat kehna bhul gaya tha there is a very strong initiative the one that you referred to that the imf is pushing now to discuss debt uh, debt relief in a broader context right um because all emerging markets are going through this abhi mai mb jo emerging market bonds ki index hai uski dekh raha tha triple c countries are paying 24% on average 
So everybody is going to say, whether it's Zambia, uh, you know, Ghana, et cetera, et cetera, across the board, people are suffering. And the IMF and the creditor community understands this and they are trying to address it. So one thing is that you have to reach the debt relief. The other thing is that if you are waiting for 6 months, so things are coming to a head anyway. And a broad uh, debt relief uh, initiative is likely to happen anyway. Just like DSSI was COVID, it's quite possible that you get the same opportunity. And again, that will put you in a much better negotiating position to ensure a positive outcome. That was especially uh, especially if in the interim you sort of take the credible actions that sort exactly. of increase your <laughs> leverage, right? Um, again, Absolutely. this is like we've seen this in the Asian financial crisis, the Latin American debt crisis, etc. People should read about it if they're interested in these topics. Um, but again, assuming that they choose the suboptimal route, which I'm like becoming more and more of a cynic now, suboptimal route. Let's say in the next year or so, what yeah. does that inflict, right? Because as you said, it takes a long time to get through this. Even the best case scenario is a few months of, of getting through that cycle. Yeah. Or an ordinary citizen, when they hear the thing, oh, default, ho hai, hum restructuring, taraf jayenge, Ji. what should Ji. they keep top of mind of saying, what is going to be the impact on my life okay. when that sure. happens? Inflation, headline inflation right now is 31%, poor inflation is 20%. Expect that to stay there. It will not come lower. It may well go higher. Inflation has been hovering around 80 or 90%, even without a default, just because of poor policy. So it's not inconceivable that that would happen. There are plenty of other examples, Venezuela, Argentina, etc., where elevated inflation has just you know uh, uh, made people's lives miserable. So I'm in Sanjay, but the bilkul lamafre piss jayega, mengai ki external financing discuss the likelihood of unintended consequences happens petrol prices almost definitely dollar against rupiah weak Load shedding will at least double and probably go much further than that. So it, it's, That's it's also just, because Pakistan imports fuel. That's Imports a lot That's of fuel oil. So, har ke jo masla abhi aap kar rahe hai, it will only get worse. It will only get worse. And the unpredictability is what the, the real challenge is. Aam pe in kisam ki situations, mein pe crime bhi badta, security ki masla badta. Alhamdulillah, Pakistan's security Muslim more or less are, you know, they're on, they're on the right track at least. You have the Tariqe, uh, the TTP guys creating problems here and there, but fundamentally, you know, we seem to be in a better position than we were 10 or 15 years ago. So it's taking a step back and then, you know, uh, it's not clear if you sort of fall over and just keep going. Those are the challenges. Yeah, I was actually, it's it, important you mentioned the TTP. I was talking to somebody who follows the security lens of this, right? And we were he was yeah. asking me and we keep in touch regularly about the economy side. And I was like, why are you so interested in that? He's like, Uzair, agar tail ke paise nahi honge, aur mein ladai karni hai, gaadiyan aur helicopter aur logistics yeah. kaise ka? Yeah. Right. Yeah. He's like, that's why I'm focused on the economy now, because the TTP is getting stronger. It's not yeah, an unmanageable yeah. problem, but he's like, if Pakistan defaults or a crisis, hota hai, as you explained it, 
um, then, you know, all bets are off because then the enemy knows that you yourself won't be able to mobilize your resources the way you could have earlier because you're out of money and out of fuel and out of imports and all of that. Absolutely. Stuff. So Absolutely. I think it, there's a security connect here as well that we need to pay attention to. Um, was there a final question on this? And we talked yeah. about, we began our podcast uh, with this topic as well. There are significant gaps in, in how the Ministry of Finance, the State Bank of Pakistan, how Pakistan as a whole communicates uh, about its position on debt, its payment schedules. Yeah. How does it manage debt? You're an expert. You've looked at countries around the world. What are some things that need to improve on the domestic side of the, even the basic communication strategy? Uh, forget, yeah. uh, you know, and other topics that you have top of mind that need to be improvements to the way in which Pakistan deals with its debt. Um, less yeah. on the reform side, more on the management side I'm talking about. Sure, sure. To sort of make sure that we are not having this conversation, it's yeah. confusion, right? That leads to uncertainty. Yeah. What needs yeah. to improve here? So look, um, I think uh, there have been some important changes made since sort of 2018 in terms of managing the debt at the behest, by the way, of the World Bank and the IMF. Pehle hota tha ek, uh, debt coordination and policy office, DCPO, Jiska kaam tha basically in ko handle karna. 2018, say we've had what's known as a debt management office, which brings together two important functions, jo domestic debt hai or jo external debt hai, unko, uh, saath dekhte ve, um, unko manage karna, a medium term debt strategy evolve karna, which kind of looks at basic or technical things like um, asset liability mismatch. Uh, what your profile of debt is going to be, how much of it is floating rate, how much of it is fixed rate, mulki kya vulnerabilities are from a, uh, a debt perspective and how you manage those and try and minimize those and create resilience. So, you know, some work has been uh, done there. I think a lot more work needs to be done there. And this is something that the uh, IMF also noted in its uh, eighth review. Okay, number one, you need the right personnel there. Um, just say, uh, you know, it's, basically been run primarily on additional charges so far the debt management office i think you need uh, somebody with experience in capital markets um additional charges just in terms of jargon so that people understand it's basically somebody yeah. who's wearing two hats if i if i correct. get it correctly. correct correct and i guess my point is basically you need a full-time uh technical person who's dedicated to doing this particularly given the crisis that we're in right now. You need lawyers. You need people with capital markets experience. You need people talking to the investors that we have around the world, not just the official and bilateral ones, but people trying to develop links with people like PIMCO, with Ashmore, with you know, um, uh, BlackRock, Apollo, et cetera. Big private sector creditors who could give you capital for specific things. So we need to do that. The second thing is the records management is, uh, let's say, a little bit questionable. I've heard from multiple sources that it's computerized. And the other thing is that your loan agreements or commercial debt agreements, hai, they're not easily accessible in some computerized way where you can analyze them, when you can analyze the linkages between them, where you can look at particular scenarios, such as uh, you know the, the cross-default one I mentioned previously. That's the big one in my mind. گارنٹیز ٹو اسٹیٹ اونڈ اینٹیز اینڈ ٹو پرٹیکولر پروجیکٹ ان سم کیسز 
um, in order to make debt raising possible for them. So these are contingent liabilities that don't really kick in until something bad happens. And again, we need to be on top of those liabilities. And this is also highlighted by the IMF. Um, finally, AK, there are a lot of new trends happening in debt markets globally. The one that everyone's heard about at this point is probably green bonds, which are bonds that are raised with the specific purpose of financing projects that are good for the environment or perhaps good for society or something like that. So available and a lot of countries you know really went into that with a proper plan so medium term strategy gender bonds or panda bonds the kind of proactivity you need and the kind of you know uh, market sensitivity you need the, the, the sense of where the market is and what's supportable is actually quite important and we need to develop that so we need uh, kind of um, you know um, a dedicated, uh, strong, self-sufficient uh, body that is not only able to analyze the trends in the market and think about how to raise money against those trends, but also able to analyze and maintain the current stack of liabilities that we have. A lot of this information is not in the public domain and you kind of hear about it when somebody gets interviewed. I think it's really important that the records of all of these are made publicly available and they're regularly updated. These things need to be out in the open so that independent analysts, independent thinkers can, can look at it, analyze it, understand what's to come for the country. This is all part of growing up as an economy and opening up, which is really what a lot of the IMF program uh, you know, pertains to with respect to kind of like uh, exchange rate rationalization, fiscal rationalization. These are all parts of becoming uh, a functioning, well-to-do global economy. Thank you. That That's very important. And I think um, just as you were mentioning the ESG stuff, right, I, I was linking what you were, we were talking about on the fuel side. Pakistan imports a lot of fuel and its energy is imported. Now, let's say yeah. the next six months, the country develops a credible, robust plan to electrify mobility with, you know, and says we need to develop world-class charging infrastructure, which obviously requires imports um, yeah. and we need to pay for yeah. it. But if that plan is robust and credible, uh, where the global you know, automotive industry, charging industry, EV industry says, oh, Pakistan's about to do something big here. You could raise debt against that. And actually, that would be good 100%. debt to raise for Pakistan to modernize its mobility, right? But if you just talk about it uh, and maybe put out like a five-page policy document and nothing really comes of it, then it's that much harder to raise debt for it, right? I, I'm just giving that example in the sense that people a lot understand that um, karza lena guna nahi hai, us karze ka galat istimal jo hai, wo aapko masle dalta hai. And I think we need to have a more sophisticated conversation internally. Um, and as you said, open up externally so that people understand what our strategy is, what our outlook yeah. is, what yeah. are we trying to do. And I think, again, yeah. it's very easy um, um, to have a conversation around debt and this crisis um, and just be like, everything's about to blow up. Well, crises are an opportunity, and I thank you, Zer, for taking out the time and, and having this conversation about this crisis, that this is an opportunity to fix a lot of the 100%. things that are wrong, um, to think long-term, um, to think about what are we, in, you know, be very intentional about what are we trying to do, and perhaps have a more robust debate, right? If, if there is a debate that has to be had about people saying, like you, we don't need that restructuring right now, others saying we actually need it. That has a, is a conversation that not only should happen in the public domain, 
but more importantly should happen in parliament before a decision is made so that the people what are aware. I think we're not having that in, in the country. So thank you for adding to that discourse today. And I'll let you have the last. Thanks a lot. Sir. No, I completely agree with you. I think uh, that's a great point. Uh, all of this is moot if the conversation is only happening on YouTube. Uh, you know, what we need is a functioning uh, executive arm uh, and a, a legislative arm that come together to solve these problems. The solutions are remarkably clear. I won't say they're easy, but they're remarkably clear. And what we need really is for the government to stick to its guns and understand, okay, we need to take some short-term pain to ensure medium-term and long-term prosperity. Um, uh, basically inactivity or in inertia, inertia is a loop whether it's India, whether it's Bangladesh, um, not to mention the Asian tigers are actually making rapid progress. So I think the steps for us to break out of this loop are quite clear. What we need is the political will and the sort of the, the policy space or the macro space to enact policy and make sure it gets implemented in order to fix things. It's not as scary as it looks. That would be my message to anyone watching. Well, thank you again for taking out the time. This was wonderful. And again, uh, for folks tuning in, um, do share your comments and let us know what you thought about this conversation. And again, as I said, the discourse needs to permeate into the mainstream and perhaps this is a starting point. But um, again, look forward to speaking with you soon uh, as this story develops and, and keep up the good work. Thank you. Thanks so much, Azar. Enjoyed it.